You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to The Comedy Cellar Show here on Sirius XM, the comedy channel. We're here with Dan Natterman. We're at the newly located Comedy Cellar table during our renovations at the Olive Tree. And uh, we have uh, one of the greatest of the greats and uh, not not always readily available to join us on these talks. But the phenomenal Mr. Gary Goldman is here. Oh, thanks for that hyperbole. I, I appreciate that. It's not hyperbole. And, um, and Dan and uh, Gary, do you guys still have your weekly lunch? Well, it was never a weekly lunch. It was a lunch. Yeah. Uh, That's fine, Val. Just get everybody. Don't, don't mind us. She, and, uh, she, she waits until we actually why is start. Ga- why is Valerie paying me now? Because. Uh, well, yeah, but I'm in the middle. Can't you see I'm busy? <laughs> I made a thing. I made a thing of that. I said, "Where's my money?" Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask Gary a question, I, and I don't know if uh, if it's appropriate to ask you. I was going to ask you off the air, but since we're the first time I speak to you, is on the air, so you just give me a, just glare at me if, if it's something I should okay. drop. All right. But uh, hi, how are you? Hi. <laughs> Um, uh, Sade posted a, a vicious uh, <laughs> attack on, on the Comedy Cellar and Dave Chappelle. Do you know about this? Um, I wouldn't call it a vicious attack. I wouldn't call it vicious. No, it wasn't vicious, really. But, but I do think that she uh, was hoping that you wouldn't see it. <laughs> Why would she think I wouldn't see it? I, I was woken from a deep sleep with everybody texting me. Did oh, you? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Why, Why did she think I wouldn't see it? Um, I think she had, she had uh, addressed it so that it would... So that it, I mean, it was foolish to think that nobody was going to forward it to you. Yes. But I think she she tried to um, exclude you from the post. Ah, well, that that's 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 even less kind. That's even that even speaks. But, but, but that's even more poor. Um, In other words, if if you if you think it's the right thing to do, then then. Well, yeah, why don't right? we enlighten the, the listeners as to yeah. what exactly the thing? The I'm, other, I'm actually trying to find the it. La- yeah. Last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was, Dave Chappelle came here. Apparently, I wasn't here, and he came here at about midnight or 1 p.m at 1 a.m., and, and did about five hours of comedy till about 5 in the morning or something like that? 7 in the morning. 7 in the morning. I don't know what he was saying on stage for seven hours, but in any case, Sade, who is Gary's girlfriend, made the point on Facebook that the waitstaff was held hostage. The waitstaff normally leaves... Sh- shall I read it out loud? I have it here. If you want to read the whole thing or give us the cliff notes, it's a fairly so, long and, post. And, and, and let, me pre- let me preface this by saying that I love, I'm not just saying this, I love the fact that these things happen at the Comedy Cellar. I, 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 there's a long tradition here. Of, I didn't even think about that. Why wouldn't you love it? Yeah, of course. But, 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 and, and I want to say there's a long tradition here, going back to when we used to have music, even before my band with Middle Eastern music, of, of late night, uh, impromptu uh, jam sessions and continuation of art and music and what the village is really about. We, it was one time, I remember uh, my father's band, where they usually ended at four in the morning, and they, the jam session got so intense, it actually went and continued until the next night's show, like wow. a 24-hour thing. Wow. Do you think the waitresses are pissed when Chappelle is here? Yeah. And... and um, this is the. I know it's a pain in the ass if you're a waitress, probably, but you know y- you cannot view anything in life or in your job within two hours of a bad part. You have to view it on the overall. That this is a fantastic place. They make good money. You see the greatest comedians in the world. You, I mean, there's all sorts of wonderful things about the place about working here. And one night you may, you know, 
whose job doesn't have a, I mean, a shitty thing. A, a bus driver gets stuck in traffic. I mean, so anyway, she wrote, so wait, Dave Chappelle last night at the Comedy Cellar walked in to perform near closing time, run 30, and took hostages till 7 a.m., question mark. <laughs> hostages being the staff forced to stay on until he felt his balls were light enough to wrap up the rap. You know, she's quite good. She's fine. <laughs> balls were light enough to wrap up the raping of their time. I hope they had an option to leave, one that wouldn't have ended in their termination. Now, see, that, that, that disturbed me. Because oh. uh, does, does she think I'm like uh, wishy-washy? Of course it'll end in determination. <laughs> <laughs> like, what does she think of me? <laughs> I want to be feared. <laughs> and those who stayed, Dan hates to laugh at anything I say. No, well, that's those, not true. I laugh at things okay. you say. That wasn't you know, funny to you? Anyway, okay. I thought it was really matter. funny. Those uh, who stayed volunteered to, to do so. In terms of laughter, I just want to address that. It, okay. Is there no authority that's brave enough to even politely suggest he not pull that shit? Do we need to soup? All right, and it goes on and on. And uh, if I'm at work and a manager fucks around and waits to cut me 10 minutes past the time, I know they're legally allowed to keep me there. I'm ready to have... First of all, this is where she goes off the deep end. There's, what, what, is, what legally allowed to keep yeah, someone I was wondering, there? I was called, wondering what that was called overtime. On. I mean, I don't know. Unless she has a, unless she has a um, detailed employment contract wherever she works. No. Which uh, specified? Then it's wherever still not. she worked, she was fired last night. Oh well, wherever she had worked. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's not. There's no. There's no law about that kind of thing. I mean, I'm, no. I, I, I mean, I suppose there might. There probably is some law, but I doubt that being asked to stay ten minutes over. By, nobody's getting. Nobody's doing time at Leavenworth for keeping somebody ten minutes over. No. Um, so I don't know, but it's it's worth. The, so I, I don't understand that anger, and and she's a comedian, right? Or she's a she's yeah. trying. So you'd think that she would have a little more sympathy for for that kind of thing happening. I, I do think it's excessive and different from the from the jam session, and and I, I I do understand how she would have some empathy for the people who are working because she hates waitressing. Um, <laughs> I, I have empathy for them. Yeah. I, I understand there it's a pain in the butt. But at the, at they could the, be out drinking. At the same time, I didn't look at it from, from your perspective and from art in general's perspective. It's, it's funny because there are probably hundreds of stories of jazz musicians, famous jazz musicians or, or comedians over the years jamming into the wee hours of the morning. And nobody ever thinks about the, the wait staff and, and the people who have to stay there with them. So I, I guess it, it, we got two new perspectives there. And, and, yeah, and don't take this the wrong way, nor should they think about the wait staff. This is the job. Go ahead. Sorry, Dan. Well, is it the job? Yes. I mean, is there some you, way it's to... the job is defined by you. But if a yes. wait, if if you look at the schedule and it says a show is going to end at such and such a time, and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to uh, schedule your life, uh, well, well, it might be nice to have some idea when you're going to get the hell out of here. They do, and but but everybody who works here knows that these kind of things sometimes happen. And by the way, uh, if a waitress had some. A bar mitzvah to go to or something. I'm, she could have gone to the manager. And I'm what about a bot mitzvah? Or a bot mitzvah. We don't, those are, those are, no, know. I know. It's, I'm <laughs> just, I'm, it's a character I'm working on where the guy uh, <laughs> makes sure that every single case would be covered. Oh, that, that's, that's great. Is that, is, is that a funny real? character? Yeah, oh, that is a great character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that could be that, that's gold, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> so uh, the, the, we're not, we're not uh, um, uh, you know, horrible here. How you doing? Rob Little, Rob, could you just uh, you, so can, sit down. you can sit down, but we 
Normally, we like to, to bring the guests in in sort of a... Uh... We want to give you a fanfare, so just, just give us a second. So, uh, we, see, listen, I have to, something to do in the morning. Can I go home? I'm sure we would have let them off. It's not, it's... Yeah, there was, there was one woman who had to go home to get her son ready for, ready for school. So th- that was allowed and they, for. And they, yeah. uh, and they let her off? Yeah. Um, amazing, amazing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if it doesn't happen here, it's going to happen somewhere else. And, and that would be... Uh, I mean, I'm sure anybody well, would it's, understand it's that's unacceptable for it to happen to somebody it's else. It's good for the club, obviously. Well, I, and what's good for the club is good for the waitresses who make tips at the club, is my point. I think it would be appreciated if you said to the wait staff, hey, we thank you for... We know last night was difficult, but we thank you uh, for, uh, for for putting oh, up with it. On. Well, I no, I, I think there should be some reward. That would be nice. Can we, I think Liz, it would be nice. Liz, Liz can if we I had the, if I had the kind of money that Dave Chappelle walks around with, just his walk around money, I would throw I would throw at least a hundred dollars at, at each of the waitress and and see if they picked it up. All right, this is the question. Yes, Liz. I think that would be. But but also the club should you know. I, uh, I think it would be nice if Noam just expressed his appreciation, Gary whether, and whether he did it financially or just with a smile. Uh, Although financially is always company preferable. Company man. What does the company well, man think? Well, how is that being I a company, company man, man when I just... Are you accusing me of being a company no. man? No, I'm the no, company I'm man, Adam. Like the company you are man not, that just, not the company man. just sat down. No, the two Norma Rays over yeah, here. Oh, my God. <laughs> what, what's the problem? Are disturbed that we didn't actually issue a formal apology to the I waitresses. Mean, not even <laughs> necessarily formal. an apology, but they how about... They all left. Not oh. every single server had to stay okay. here. They were all released throughout the night, as was Sean Donnelly the host of the show, okay. the only two people stayed and they volunteered. All right. They okay, said, all right, we'll the be the, the ones, we'll stay. Steve King, security was released and he also stayed because he wanted to make sure that everything was okay in the room. In Sade's <laughs> and post, he didn't mind the hourly wage. That's it. <laughs> in, in, in Sade's post, she did say, I hope this was voluntary. And, and, and that really is the crux of the situation. Uh, it, it, so you're telling me that no, it was voluntary. it was voluntary up to the point where we had enough staff to cover it. But right. if everybody wanted to go, no, two people would have had yeah, to stay. Yeah, you need at least, you know, one or two Has people to close the room. Has everybody lost their mind in it's the 21st the century? This world. is a business. We're in the business of comedy. It, it, one it is of the, the end of the world, but it has nothing to do with this. One of the biggest stars <laughs> in the history yeah. of show business is in here, wants, is doing a couple extra hours. Okay, well. And it's also sorry, the reason. Sorry, Mr. Chappelle, uh, but, uh, you know, she, you gotta she, go. she's, well, got, she's, way, got, the, she's got a drink on the bar waiting for her around the corner. You, the wait staff the has a, a life, and they deserve Natterman. to be taken into consideration. But, oh, it's the up. reason that they make as much money as they do. It's the reason that, that aura that people are like, oh, you never know what's going to happen when you go to the comedy cellar. You never know who's going to show up. Every single show is sold out. That they're making tons and tons of money. That because people want to come here because you never know. Okay, fair enough. You know what we should do? Make Dan happy. We're going to tell all the waitresses that anybody who does not want to stay late in the in the eventuality that we need people to stay late should tell us now, and they can have two weeks' notice, and they do not need to work here anymore because we cannot set ourselves up that we cannot manage to accommodate. Going, going late when big stars walk in. Whether one big star wants to go, or maybe Dave Chappelle did an hour, and then Chris walked in, and then Louis walked in, and they all felt like going on. I say, sorry, fellas. Uh, the waitress, uh, you know, she wants to go. She's, she's binge-watching the House of Cards, and she's <laughs> oh, well, the go last, home. The last yeah, time fair, this happened... She's binge-watching... Um, <laughs> your special. <laughs> your special. Fair enough. <laughs> the last time this happened was about five years ago, I and we, we knew it was bad. happening. <laughs> or, yeah, and we, we ordered some pizza, and we just sort of hung out, and you know, it's, ha- it's not really terrible to sit there once every five years and watch Chappelle, you know, wax poetic for five hours. It's, it's pretty fun. And you know you're part or wax, of something. Or, 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 or waxes. Or waxes, whatever. Fair enough. I'm just saying that um, 
Oh, Dan has an argumentative streak no, no. a what mile saying, wide. Dan? I'm just saying that, you know, if there was a waitress that needed to leave... They left. Then they, they left, but that, the you've manager, answered my, oh my, God, you've answered really my question. It, it was more or less more or less a voluntary thing. Oh, did I did I, t- I didn't read the whole Sade post. It ended with hashtag waitresses lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> At least she kept it funny. No, I made At that least up. Her, <laughs> really? At least her screen was... Her screen was, her screen fun, was funny. And Liz, I think this is the, the perfect moment to ask Noam for a race. It's about time. No, I'm, I'm good. Uh, the screen, the screen. You know, I, I, you know, I, I banter with Sade from time to time, and I'm, and I'm mm-hmm. thoroughly offended by, you know, the majority of her opinions. <laughs> but I, but I do when I, when I talk about her, and mm-hmm. I said, but you, know, you got to hand it this girl. First of all, she's clever, and. She could take a hit. Like I've come at her pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. No, no, really. I and it. she never and she never I mean, I, I don't cross the line, but I'm saying I I, mm-hmm. I I hit her, you know, I don't I don't I don't really hold back. I'm civil, but I don't hold Right. And she answers in a in a spirit of a joust, you know, which I like. She doesn't answer nasty or indignant or whatever right. it is, you yeah. know. So yeah. she she kinda wins my respect. That I, way. I appreciate her because she's sharp and she's informed. She's always informed. Yeah. But she needs. Except for what she said about John Lennon. But all right. That's, you <laughs> know, yeah. That's a, uh, Gary, where, where are you at if I could just move things along, if that would be okay? <laughs> okay, is, I'm leaving. Is Liz dismissed? Can I go now? Well, she can certainly, you can sit here and listen and, and, and I'll, comment. I'll listen tomorrow. No, no, stay safe, you miss. Okay. Or, or, or not, but I was I'm wondering, I know the last, when, when last uh, Gary and I were speaking, and I don't yeah. recall precisely the date, uh, but uh, you were working on a new set for late night television, as am I, by the way. Yeah. I'm sort of looking for that last piece of the puzzle, but I know that you're, I think you've gotten, you have your five minutes that you have honed and shaped and sanded and varnished it and applied lacquer, and, and, and now it's ready to be presented yeah. to, to, uh, to late night uh, television bookers. So, so where are you with that? Uh, two, of the, two of the bookers have it, uh, have video of it, and a third has made an offer on it, so... Um, but or, are you at liberty to say who that third is? Oh yeah, Conan. Uh, oh Conan, okay. Yeah. Oh, Co- Team nice. Coco. Team Coco, yeah. So, nice. um, yeah, it's it's just a matter of um, finding out what the other two want to do because I'd rather stay in, in New York and do it. Colbert and do, and do Fallon. Fallon or Colbert. Well, is the do other, you also think that Fallon is is more um, is is just a better move because more people will be watching? Maybe, maybe, but I but I think that the the Conan fans when they when they put the the stand-up set on YouTube, they get an enormous amount of hits. My my last one got 150,000 hits, okay. which is more than I usually get for for a stand-up show. Now here's um, I'm also working on a set as I just mentioned, but I'm trying to I want it to be the best set I've ever done on late night TV. Yes. Now you know my position on late night TV. I make no secret of it. I don't think it does a whole lot. Right. However, if I'm going to do another one. Yeah. Since having a good set hasn't done anything for me, right? Oh, maybe having a great set <laughs> oh, great. will do something for me. You, you've gotten off the take a dump thing, though. Right? That used to well, be your theory. <laughs> my, my theory was is that if I took a dump on a late night talk show, uh, that would get me, and somebody was able to film it in the. They would never air it, but if somebody could film it and put it on YouTube, I'd be instantly famous. If you knew that you were going to take the dump, you could make sure somebody filmed it. Exactly. Okay. And, uh, and I probably Thank wouldn't you. do any jail time. And if I did, <laughs> I would be quite a respected man in prison. I would imagine that everybody would be like, hey, that's a motherfucker. Took a, hey, take dump. a dump for us here. Oh, no, please don't. Do <laughs> but not. I don't know that uh, I have it in me either. Uh, I don't think I could do it, uh, you know, physiologically. You have to get that dump out on cue. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I'm not even sure that that would get you famous, no question about it. I'm not sure it would help your career. Right. Would it be the right type of fame? It would not be the, probably not the right type of fame. 
I've just I've just never heard anybody saying I'm going out there to do this and it's going to make me famous and it working. Right. I've, now, now, yeah. Gary, I, I think lightning in a bottle. Theoretically, the, I'm trying to make this the best set I can. Obviously, yeah. And I'm, I've got one more piece of the puzzle. I need one more joke that 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 really pops, and I'll have it. But theoretically, there is some level of killing on a late night talk show that would guarantee you. Fame and fortune. Absolutely. It, it may just exist on some sort of ethereal, platonic world of ideas. But theoretically, there is some level. If everybody, if there were 10 heart attacks in the audience, if they passed you around on their shoulders, if <laughs> <laughs> some theoretical that may not be achievable. Right. But it exists somewhere in some, in some sort of theoretical space. Hey, Greg. That if I caused mayhem, because I was killing so hard. Right. If, uh, if people were throwing up and, and just pandemonium, then yes, that would... But I, I don't... But I just know complete unknowns or barely knowns who have gotten standing ovations on these shows and, and have put yeah. together great sets. Yes. And, and you don't know them, so... Anything could happen, right? Right. Well, I said Anything it's a theoretical level. It, Apparently, a theoretical... standing ovation is not sufficient. Right. In my theoretical, right. platonic... Uh, right. It would, it would have to be a situation where you killed so well that they said, this guy should, we should have him guest host the show. Yeah, it would happen. Or that you're on the news the next day. or you. you it would you have to, to be yeah, some sort of... There's so, there's so much competition for eyes out there, yeah. for people's eyes. It needs to go viral. Yeah, we and need to... And there are a number of things that go viral. But, yeah. my, but, my, but my thing Weekly. about doing Fallon is I've done Conan probably five times over the course of the past 15 years. And I know for sure, it's like the devil you know versus the devil. I know for sure what it does. And what it does is not a whole lot. Right. Uh, Fallon probably doesn't do a whole lot either, but I haven't done it. Right. And it could be that Fallon will fall in love with me. It, it's not likely. <laughs> well, and he could, and you should tell him, and I'm not just kidding, that you're good at lip syncing. Like, uh, you're good at that whole karaoke thing. And you never know. Maybe he would use you when you in because he likes to do that. Well, a lot, I don't a lot know of those that go I'm viral. Good at if you're saying that, do I have a voice of an angel? Guilty as charged. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with regard to lip syncing, I've never done lip syncing. I suppose I could do it. You could do a musical thing with him, and he likes that. Well, that may that may be interesting. Yeah. That... So so you never know. like Conan. I know I have a good set. I come over. He says, "Hey, thanks for coming. It's been a while. How you been?" And then I go home. Yeah, he's a superman. It, it could be that Fallon is like, I doubt it again. Uh, but he did that for, um, for uh, what's his name again? Uh, Southern fellow from Tennessee. Nate uh, Bargatze. Him, Nate Bargatze. He seems to love Nate Bargatze. Loves Nate Bargatze. Can't get enough Bargatze. Very talented man, Nate Bargatze. He was, I, was I say, saw very that. Talented. It was great. It was so funny. Five did he minutes? become famous from, Nate, from, from the appearance? No, but I don't think so. But, but nobody becomes famous. As I said, it's only a theoretical possibility. It's never actually happened. So, but, so, but it used yeah. to happen all the time with Johnny Carson. Well, uh, but yes, world. it was a different world. We're talking yeah, about a whole different world. There wasn't as many. Man. It's a different world from right. where you come from. There was yeah. nothing else. It was basically it was one show it. on at that yeah, hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Gary, you seem to be have implied that you actually don't do these shows with any expectation that they're going to make you famous or anything like that. You have some other motivation for doing them. No, I just well, I, they give you a T-shirt. It's, it's it's like you get treated for one day. You get an extra birthday. Everybody you know calls you. There's, there's more traffic on your website and on your, your Twitter and your Facebook. And uh, they pick you up in a limousine, and they're, and they're nice to you. And it's fun, and you get to share this video with, with a bunch of people. And it's, it's really part of the reason why you get into this business, is to have these, these fun days where, you're, where you get to play star for a day. They do and your hair, they do your makeup, and it's, and it's, 
I would also fun. add, by the way, that uh, sometimes... And there's some, a little bit of a plug. You, you plug something and maybe a few more people show up at the show. Sometimes a young lady that you've been striking out with egregiously over the course of years <laughs> will will come back around and say, hey, well, that was a hell of a job you did there. Hey, well, you know, hey, let's it, get, get a drink. What about, isn't it some sort of uh, as objective as the... It, there can be objective affirmation of your skill. Yeah, I think it's a validation. And also, it's nice to be able to tell your friends that aren't in the business that, oh, hey, watch me on watch me on this. It's sort of, a, it's an extra birthday. It That's how I always me, look at it. It gives me about three or four days where I don't have thoughts of uh, self-harm. <laughs> I, I don't know how many Gary... Days Gary gets out of it, but that's three or four days. It's three or four days I wouldn't have had otherwise. Right, right. Yeah. So you know, this is kind of what Neil. Did you did you see Neil Brennan's show? No. Did, did you? No, I, I have not seen it. You guys should see it if you if you get and a chance. This is thing. the last week, I think. Well, but he kind of talks about this that like hanging out with celebrities. Mm-hmm. He talks about he talks about the fact that he. I can I say it on here that he yeah. yeah that he that he's a, that he considers himself a star fucker and, and people look down their nose at him or or he knows that people don't like that about him. He says, but he's depressed all the time. And when he spends some time with celebrities, it kind of gives him like an adrenaline rush, and that right. gives him a little time where he doesn't, where he's not miserable. Like these little. He, Doesn't that sound a lot like an addiction? How an addiction works? Yeah, I works? mean, he, he sort of says that. Yeah, that he kind of describes that's wow. his high in, in a lot of ways, and that's, that's what sort of yeah, got but, him but through. Gary, that's, that's I think that's something that could be worked out with a therapist. I'm sure he should tried. Be, should be worked out with a therapist. I mean, he, he, he goes to therapy. The show, yeah, the show he talks about his his depression, his clinical depression. And oh wow! What but he's Gary, done isn't that what we're doing? I mean, or I mean, oftentimes we get a boost out of a, say a new joke that works. Yeah, that's true. That's you know, true. And, I'm addicted to a new joke that works. And but, Neil actually says that too. I mean, in the end, that's what he says. He says, you know, telling jokes or writing jokes. It's like being, well, you know, we could an have Neil on the show and, and discuss he's this. He's coming I, in. Maybe he'll sit in. All right. I, I, I don't generally like to discuss people in abstention. It is, I, it, I it, is it is interesting, though, how many comedians have clinical depression. I have mm-hmm. it. Dan seems to seems to suffer from these downtimes. And Neil, Neil Brennan. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, uh, there's a book, Touched with Fire. Right. Uh, about uh, about art, right, artists. By Kay Redfield Jameson. Was that who it's about? Uh, are yeah. you going to talk about some, what some author that's not here said? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> We could probably invite him on the show. We don't. Well, let's not talk about him in absentia. <laughs> in any case. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, go yeah. ahead. I'm kidding. Talk, talk about the book. That talks about, well, I'm not going to talk in detail, but it talks about <laughs> that very close relationship, kissing cousins, if you will, that exist between... Uh, Art being uh, between the artistic mind and the and the uh, and the depressed mind or the the uh, psychotic mind in some cases. I, I, my my jury is out on it. I I need to see uh, uh, some proof of that because I know so many talentless people who are depressed mm-hmm. and and who are not in showbiz. I mean, you know, uh, there's a lot of depression out there, a lot. Well, you may be right. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. I'm not I'm not I'm not rejecting it. But, uh, it's hard to imagine there's not some correlation between being in show business or at least being a comic and being mentally ill. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I would imagine there's a statistically significant correlation. Do you remember the last time you were really happy? I believe I it was 87, I believe, right? I believe it was 87. Uh, Brian, yeah, Brian Steinberg's house. We had KFC that night. I'll never forget. Uh, we were watching wrestle, wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Is this true? Or you're it's, it's reasonably true. Okay. And what, what was it that made you happy? No, this was before it all fell apart. Before, like, the, there was a big downturn in late. In, as, I, as, I, as college started to approach, I just, I guess I got spooked by the whole notion of it. And I just, it just, 
I just, my mood just tanked. It, it's somewhere about March. I'll never forget because I was in Montreal all the time for Pesach. And, uh, <laughs> okay. and, and that's when it all, you know, fell apart. You're not constantly depressed like he is, right? No, I am. You are? Yeah. Yeah. As oh, I'm an amateur compared to Gary. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, I've got some nerve even sitting at the same table. <laughs> No, can, can I tell you what my take on You're going to tell me I'm wrong, but I'll just tell you how I perceive it. I see Dan at a steady, let's say, if, if zero is ultimate depression, and ten, I see Dan at like a steady 4.5. Mm -hmm. And I see you going between like a 2 and an 8. Like I, I, yeah, yeah, which, which w would point to uh, bipolarity, but, but I'm not. I don't, no, bipolarity I don't, usually has like a mental, like right, crazy. Right, but I don't have. Bipolarity is like a psychotic. I wouldn't say yeah. I get manic, but, but I've been able to have sustained times of, of feeling feeling very good and feeling very productive. And uh, un unfortunately, it, a lot of the times it's, it's tied to uh, my creativity. So if I'm feeling creative and, and putting new stuff out there, I, I, uh, I get less depressed, but, but writer's block kind of can affect me the, the um, DSM, frequently. The DSM-4 uh, categorization to what I have is meh. Is what? I'm just kidding, it's meh. No, M-E-H, you know the word meh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Do we invite Mr. Little? To yes, please do. And and and, and uh, I'll tell Lisa. You but you introduce him. Let's come. Rob Little. Uh, I I met him years ago when I was working at uh, Comedy Cafe in Milwaukee. But anyway, he's a nice guy. And last week he Facebook messaged me and said, "Can I come on the show?" And I said to myself, "You know what? I think it might be interesting to have Rob on the show because uh, Rob I think took a hiatus from. Well, we'll get to that. But anyway, Rob Little is new at the comedy. So it's always nice to see. To talk to newer people that just started working at the Comedy Cellar, I think. I didn't realize that Rob was living in New York full time. So welcome. I just moved here. Oh, okay, like March first. Okay. So, oh, so it's uh, so it's pretty new. Pretty so new. You, yeah. you can't fault me for not knowing that you. Not at all. That you were here full time. No, I was out here in August checking it out, seeing if I liked yeah. it enough. And, and then we were at that Brian Regan thing. Yep. And after that, I was like, yeah, I love it. I'm going to try it. Oh, that's really cool. I remember yeah. Esty was saying to me, I love this guy. He sent me a tape like 10 years ago, and I was, thought the guy was great. And then he vanished without a trace for like 10 years <laughs> or something like that. Like That you, was a crazy story. I never had a, a, a somebody say like something like she said she got my press kit from my manager. It was like 15 years ago. And she said she'd never been more impressed with somebody's press kit, and she's kept it to this day. That's she's amazing, because she her. doesn't throw around that kind of praise so so easily. So you I should was, be very Yeah, very but proud then I was that. super nervous to go on after that, because then oh, that she that made was, you nervous? Yeah, oh, way nervous. Wow. The, I don't the know greatest I was, uh, audition tape that she'd ever seen in the history of the Comedy Cellar? Why would that make him nervous? I don't know. It just made me <laughs> nervous. And then I came off, and she goes, oh, you're pretty high energy. And I was like, oh, no, what does uh -huh. that mean? You know, because we're always judging what we're doing. Yeah, or, yeah, you yeah know, of course, so. yeah. So, um, so she she wasn't as keen on you when she saw you in person? I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. So, so, She's uh, been giving me sets every week since I've been well, here, that's, so that's, I mean, I guess it's a good That's a positive sign. Yeah. sign. Esty yeah. is not shy about showing you the door if, if, if needs be. Yeah. Well, it was exciting. Other was clubs, fun. once you're in, you're kind of in. It's kind of like tenure. Yeah. This club, you're in, and you might be out. Yeah. Well, that's as it should be. <laughs> well, I I think that there's logic. Yeah, from a business point of view, sure, absolutely. There, there what other point of view should we be looking at this from? Well, there is. I, I agree essentially with what you're saying. However, there should be at least a little bit of grace to so that people don't feel constantly under the gun because that does not bring out the best in people. 
when people feel constantly like they're auditioning, uh, yes. the best is not brought out. Yes, Absolutely. I agree. I agree with that. And, uh, diplomacy, you know, and all that. But uh, in the end... But I, I don't feel like the atmosphere is, is overly competitive or, or hostile. So I, I, I think there is a, a balance that's been reached. Well, that's all I ask for is a balance. Yeah. Uh, Dan, Dan was showed the door, I think, twice. Over the course of time, over the co- yeah, I was shown the door two, two or three times over the course of my uh, my uh, tenure here, but uh, but now I'm in pretty solid. It'd be hard to get rid of me now. I suppose it could be done, um, but I'm in pretty pretty solid. Oh, it could be done. Yeah. I, I don't mean I mean I mean like you know if if you just because this has happened if you just started, it wouldn't happen overnight. But if you just started doing bad sets on a uh, on a predictable basis. That would be it. I mean, what are we supposed to do? Put someone on who's not who, who we have no expectation is going to do well. But we would take Dan aside, right? <laughs> well, you would at least give me the benefit of a uh, hey, you know, you better you better get with it. I don't you? know if I would because maybe with you because we're we're is I, I was going to say close, but I don't know if that word applies in, to Dan. But <laughs> but because I feel because I because I love you, Dan, I might take you aside. But I'm always afraid to do that because I think that, first of all, comedians know very well when they're not going over. They don't need to be told. And I think we've done well by almost never, you know, uh, giving anybody advice or telling them what they're doing right or doing wrong. I, you know, it's like it, you didn't you, you're not going over and it's a steady thing. You know it. We know it. And when somebody gets fewer spots, they know, you yeah. know, they know yeah. the reason why. Um. I don't know. I think, there's, uh, there's no easy way to do it, you know. Uh, no, I'm accusing me of never agreeing with him, always being argumentative. But, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think uh, that that's well said, and I agree with you on that policy. Yeah. I would like to point out I, I do didn't. give Noam uh, uh, props when deserved. But I, I'm not going to give it away. has no meaning like that. Right. Yeah, I would like to point out I didn't disappear. You mentioned that later, earlier, that uh, I actually had to go on the road pretty much full-time to take care of my disabled mother. So that's kind of where I was... Well, you disappeared t- from yeah. my view. Well, yeah, because you weren't doing the road as much. You were doing more corporate, I think, right? Or something I, like that? I, well, uh, yes, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So I, you, were, you needed to earn money in order for your mother's medical care? Yes. That's what I've been doing for the last four or five years. Oh, my God. That must, must yeah, be horrible. It was really tough, really tough. She's had like 10 major surgeries, and we finally... We finally just put her down, and uh, no, we, <laughs> <laughs> she kept pissing on the comforter, and we just couldn't take it. No, she she's doing much better now, and and then it kind of freed me up, so that I was like, so but you couldn't be raising money to pay for the surgeries, you pay for her insurance or pay paying for insurance, paying all. She was in a ton of debt that I didn't. She wasn't telling me she was in, and debt for her medical care, for all kinds of things, her house, her every bill she had, every bill. It was. It was super stressful, and I had no other family members to do anything. I'm the only one. And, uh, you know, it was not easy. It was, it was tough, man. It's tough because I'm super positive and happy-go-lucky guy on stage, but in the, you know, in the back, this is just killing me, you know, because it's your mom. It's what are you going to do, you know? Well, I have great you have admiration to. for you. You sound, you sound like a wonderful son, and uh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's well. We don't want to talk. I don't. Even I would have likely cracked under that kind of strain. It was simply doing. I mean, he cracked one, from the ambivalence. Well, one thing. <laughs> one thing to have a sick Sorry, mother, yeah, which is, <laughs> I'm not sure I follow you on that. They're like resent your mother. I'm kidding. It's a look like a oh, Jewish mother joke. <laughs> um, but uh, I just don't like doing clubs. You know. Yeah. So um, how many weeks I a year just, were you yeah, on I the road? I mean, every what? single week. Every there, single week. It, wow. There was days I wasn't home for like four or five months because I would do like uh, 
like a club and then I'd go to a cruise and then, okay. you know, and I was trying to book as be- as much yeah. as I could. And then the weeks I was home, I'm doing everything around the house to keep it up. Yeah. So, yeah. It was good, good for you. It's enough to make you vote for Bernie Sanders. God bless you. Yeah. Uh, did it did it um, improve your your comedy though? Did you, you must have gotten really sharp while you got, were, yeah. while you were doing it fifty weeks yeah, a year? I started I mean, out in improv. I was in improv first, so I was uh, main stage second city in Detroit. Wow. So I was an improv guy first, so it it made all that really sharp. It yeah. felt like if because yeah. sometimes you get a little bored with your material on sure. the road, and so I'm that part was more fun for me. Yeah. So I would like write bits. That would go into improv with people. Oh, that's you know? great. Not like, you know, what's your name, where you're from, that kind of crap. It would be more like, this is what I'm talking about. Right. I'm talking about nurses, and then you get nurses involved, and then all the next thing you know, we're talking. It so, was, so, so if I can bring this together. So, and during this period, have you been, de- would you describe yourself as depressed? There was a few dark moments. Yeah. There was a lot. Generally depressed? or No, not generally. Normally. I mean, now I'm super giddy to be here. And be around awesome talents like these two guys. Because now. because what it kind of makes me think is that here's a guy who has real reason to be depressed, yeah. going on the road every week, taking care of a sick mom, no end to sight, whatever it is, and is basically able to, you know, stay positive. To stay positive. Well, yeah. And here's guys who have done none of these things and basically can't say that. But does that do, now? Well, because because you're looking at it, that's it, it, like saying, well, somebody you have cancer, you have no reason to have cancer. Well, I that's, mean, what, that's my next question was. The, it, the fact that you realize that you don't suffer from the depression of these guys, does that, does that make you less secure about your talent? Uh, I feel very... That's the one part I'm strong about. I think I'm strong is my talent. I think I'm a good performer. Because they believe you have to have depression. No, to I didn't be, say uh, that. No. <laughs> but I, I, I said there's a correlation that's <laughs> statistically significant. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at the, 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 the dots on a, on a graph, you'll find that you're doing a regression analysis. I think I, I think you're right, Dan. Chi square, yeah. You know, um, and uh, I, I didn't say you had to. I didn't say it was a, a condition precedent. I know. I understand. Paul, Paul McCartney, by all accounts, is a, is cheerful, sickeningly cheerful. Yeah. And who's more talented than Paul McCartney? Yeah. Right. And I did just book a club. You ever do this, Gary? I booked a club in December. I'm going to be at the Comedy Works. Oh, that's an excellent club. Yes. You'll have fun. That's like not even being on the road. If if well, uh, no, it is for me. But if if. <laughs> You're it, never happy, man. I've been no, listening no, no, no. to all these podcasts. <laughs> and I'm like, the things you're bitching about, I'm like, most comics would kill for that. And you're like, oh. Letterman uh, again. Uh, yeah, right? Uh, the comedy works. You know how many guys are begging to get into that well, club? And you're like, I'm going, sucks. Uh. It's a great club. You know, I, don't like, I don't city. like clubs. I, I don't, that's all. No, but, but, but you're good in them. That's what I don't get why you think. That week we worked together, I was so you know, impressed with you. I think I was middling. You. And when I was middling, you I were, and I was super impressed with you. Yeah, when I'm middling, there's less pressure. When I'm headlining, the pressure is on. Yeah. But the, I, the, I booked it because it's in December. Because in my head, I'm thinking, oh, it's December. It's a long way off. Ugh, right. And maybe between now and December, I'll either win the lottery or... You become a you know Better something great great show. will happen and uh, but it'll be I, good to have the gig if those things don't come to, together. Well, I would I wouldn't go that far, but okay. but I'll have the gig. Yeah. But in my head, because it's far enough away, I was able to mentally put it in the book without too much. If 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 my manager called me up and said, "Oh, they want you to do the comedy works next week," I would have said no. D- Dan, it's unbelievable because I just recently came to this conclusion. Now, when somebody asks me to do something months away, because I always say yeah, and then it comes. Yeah. I said decide. If it were this week, would I agree to it? Ah, and if the answer is no, it. I'm not agreeing to it because it's going to come. And it's yeah. always fuck. I say, what the fuck did I agree yeah. to? You know? Yeah, I'll agree to almost anything if you ask me far enough ahead of time. So <laughs> that, that's, a good way to, that that's a good way to approach it. 
But I also think part of the problem with being on the road, and, and Robbie, I'm sure you can attest to this, is the you're you're alone a lot. It's it's very isolated, and that's that's not healthy, especially for for somebody like my myself who who really craves this time at the comedy store. Right? I would have come at 6:30 whether I had a to do radio or not. Just I to, agree. Just to hang out and, and be with commiserate. the guys. Well, I don't like to commiserate. You don't I don't like to think it's that no. either. I think it's the camaraderie yeah. and, and getting to hang out. And because the, the question I've been asking every comedian I run into for weeks now is, what do you do with a joke that only works in front of a good crowd? Do you, do you keep pushing out there and, yeah. and maybe think you can make it applicable to the crowds that are less enthusiastic? It's like a theater just... joke. They're giving it. They're kind of giving it to you just because of who you are. Is that what you feel like? No, it's not so much that. As um, for instance, I, I do a lot of a lot of shows where the people are there solely to see me, and there are jokes that I can do in front of them that I wouldn't put downstairs where they're just here to see comedians of of a certain um, level or something like that. That there. Are, not that, that my jokes are inside jokes or anything, but that they work for a, a certain audience better than maybe an audience that's all from the United States of America rather than right. rather than a, a mixture. But I don't know. It's, it's just it's just something that it, that I wouldn't call commiserating. That is more shop talk that I like to do with the, right, with the comedians. Yeah, that I are, like that. That are here. I like that. What's, what's, your answer, what's your answer to his question? I don't know, man. That's uh, I would have to hear the joke to be honest, because otherwise. I think out here you're getting a lot of people from out of the states. So at every club, it doesn't matter yeah. which one you're at. Yeah, in New York. Yeah. I think you asked me that question. And I think my answer, my answer was, if it only was you took it, you took it outside, and you and you said, well, we got to let you go. We got to let you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't want a joke that only works when everything is right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but maybe because I'm I'm seldom in a situation where everything is right, so I, I can't. You know, I I mean, those jokes only work. Relatively infrequently. If I had something like that, I would reword it to kind of uh, bring everybody into it. I would think, we, right? However, however, um, but sometimes that, the wording is the beauty that, of the. That being right. said, the, I know you're bit. super good at that. Oh, that stop. being said, I love you. But man. continue. You're awesome. That being said, the jokes that only work more rarely, those might be the most beautiful jokes of all because the jokes that and Noam and I have this discussion and this argument all the time because Noam seems to think that the public knows best. But, um, you know, there's something we call hacks, some jokes that we call hack jokes that will work in front of everybody. But those jokes, anybody can do, and anybody can write them, and anybody can come up with them. You're, the jokes that are, that are more uh, nuanced probably won't work in front of everybody. But those are the jokes that make Gary Goleman Gary Goleman. I told Gary that I, that I didn't like the way he phrased the question because uh, the, the notion that this was a bad crowd because they didn't respond to this particular oh, joke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, a good I, point. I don't, yeah. I don't actually yeah. well, buy that. Bad, bad for that joke, right. I guess. I mean, yeah. you know, just... Some crowds don't want to think, and I would think you're, you have very smart material. Yeah, I would, so, so some smart material, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I know. It doesn't clever. seem that smart. Gary is very unique. Me, but. His rhythm is unique. Gary's also doing a kind of comedy that's very seldom done. There's, now, here are the kinds of comedy. We got, we got your... Uh, your um, jokes that your short jokes, your short form comedy. This is what I do: short jokes that obviously never happen. All right, I obviously, you know, if you well, I'm not going to do an example, but most of my jokes, it's quite obvious to the audience that never happened. That you made it, them up. Th that I made them up. That my father never did. Like when I had the joke about how, you know, my father beating you never my, really were a nerd my mother in high because school. the but no, well I don't. <laughs> I don't. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, there's reality based <laughs> yeah, go, go jokes, ahead, go ahead. but. Yeah. Clearly, my mother didn't. My father didn't beat my mother because the potatoes were undercooked. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. 
But then there are those who do jokes that are uh, clearly they did happen, or you think that they happen. They sound like they happen. I try to write all mine to make them sound like they happen. Now, G- Gary does jokes that clearly never happen, but they're very long form. Gary does long form, clearly never yeah. happened shit, which nobody does. Woody Allen did it with that moose joke that took a half an hour <laughs> and clearly never happened, but nobody, almost nobody's doing that. Uh, Dave Chappelle did that when he talked about going to the, the Indian, you know, and they... He had a whole joke about the Indians, and he went there, and yeah. they or laid the, out. Or the baby that sold crack on the, on the corner. Right. That famous joke. I don't know that one, but... Oh, it's good. Like his yeah, so that's one. like long-form, never-happened shit, which I think is probably the rarest, the rarest format. Yeah, I don't, I don't and know. probably the most challenging. I don't know that all my, my jokes are like that, but the, the ones that are, that are... I didn't like the idea about good crowds and bad crowds. No, I think I was phrasing it wrong. You're right. You're right about that. It, it's it's uh, the, the ideal crowd versus a more um, uh, less, uh, less savvy. No, not even less savvy, because I wouldn't say that, because I think the comedy there audiences is such a thing are as really, shit crowds, really savvy. That right. does exist. But, but listen, shit crowds do exist. The, the other night, I was, uh, I was watching, I think it was Lynn Coplitz. And I walked in, and she was doing, uh, you know, and because um, there's a thing that comedians do all the time. They walk, how are they? How are they? You know, and I, and I, oh, was, yeah, yeah, I yeah. always hate that when I hear the comedian. How oh, are really? they? So Lynn was doing... You mean when they start this, their set or something? No, they'll, they'll come up and the comedian waiting to go out and say, how oh, are yeah, they? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like it's all about, not how were you, how did you do? How, right. how, were, you, were you on? It's no, a great how, point. It's because comics they? already know other comics are not going to go, oh my God, no, I but totally there's a so wait, so wait, so Lynn was doing very, uh, you know, uh, uh, a 6.5. And then... And she got the light, but she didn't get off, and she did her, her rape routine. Oh, yeah, very funny. And the audience went crazy, you yeah. know? And I turned to Lenny Marcus. I said, you see, if she'd come off before that, and you asked her, how are they? She said, oh, terrible. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then she did. She was funny all of a sudden. All of a sudden, oh, they're great. And, so, and that's what I see all the time. So, you know, how were you, you know? And, well, I, I always wonder what true. the audience remembers from each comedian, and I and I think it's usually only one piece. Sometimes it it's is. the it's the last, and it, it can really leave a leave a nice mark for for you when you when you put it on last. There, there is the a first, the first and the last. Yeah, there there is a huge difference between audiences. However, there are audiences that are explosive. There's audiences that it's like pulling teeth. Um, there is a difference, and the fact the fact is, I don't think it has that much to do with our performance. Except, then explain, then riddle me this, Batman. <laughs> I'm I'm watching uh, the comedian at the same time the audience is, and most of the time I find myself responding exactly at the same time, the same way the audience is responding. I can't explain why. Contagious laughter is wh- contagious. No, but I'm saying it, it's instantaneous. I can't explain why. This day it was funny, and the next day it wasn't. But there is something magical in a delivery. But, and, and often, when it didn't go over so well, if you talk to me, they weren't really feeling it. They weren't in a good, in a good mood. They're tired of that routine. You know, right. I, 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 you know, but, and, but I bet you, Rob, doing so many different crowds at so many levels and, and energies, you must know that there's an adjustment that you can make. And I, and I feel like I could do that almost every night, that I could make an adjustment adjust the material or adjust my approach and make it either more personal or Very. make it make it more broad and and I could win this crowd over but I think some nights and and not so much here but at other clubs it's like no I really need to work out this new 
this new stuff, and I don't know it that well, and, I, and I've got to put it out there, but I, I, I really feel like at this point, and I've been doing it for almost 23 years, that I can make an adjustment and win over just about every crowd, as, as long as there's not some, some sort of um, violence going Ridiculous on. Ridiculous circumstances. Well, but, but the fact that you have to make an adjustment means that crowds are different. Some crowds yes. might yes. like uh, you to do more of an inside game where you get in there and you start making fun of the dude in the front row. Right. You, yeah. you should always, I think, because if, if you don't make the adjustment, it's my, you know, with all due respect, in my opinion, it's an audience If you don't make the adjustment and then you do the new material, you're not even going to really get the best feedback on that right. material. Right. Better to win them over. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then give them the new material when they like you, so yeah. at least it's not like... Uh, you right. Know, no, you that, know? that's usually my approach is to put, put some testers out there first and then and then go into the new stuff, which is which is just a little bit more raw than the, than the other stuff because I've, I've worked on it when I was writing it and, and at home before I go on it, go over it before I go on stage. So Sometimes there, you're some, just too excited. Effort there. And yeah. You just start it right away. You're like, yeah. I can't wait to try this. How, how yeah. often do you guys write something and it's basically perfect... Never. No. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that the, same, the same feeling when you take a shit in one wipe and it's clean. <laughs> that, <laughs> and, it, it does. And, and that wipe was just a double check. That <laughs> wipe wow. wasn't even necessary. Wow. As my friend Don Fabricant always said. Go ahead. Uh, it happens, but it doesn't happen often. But re- most recently it happened. I've been, I've been wrestling with this notion of sending text to the wrong person for months. But when I got it, I got it right immediately. So I was wrestling with the premise... Uh, but I eventually, but when I finally got it, it it worked out. Do you know that joke where I say that I I texted, come over, I'm horny to my cousin Sheila by mistake. <laughs> but then I was like, then I apologized, like, sorry, cousin Sheila, that was actually meant for somebody else. Sorry, you came all the way over here. <laughs> <laughs> I love that joke. Th- that joke worked right out of the box, right out of the gate. But wow. But I was fiddling with that premise about sending text to the wrong person for probably a year. Yeah, it is rare, and, and that that joke you like about the state abbreviations, I I originally did in in 1997, and I I didn't really know how to how to do it, and I didn't have the the important thing was that documentaries had to become about minutia, and once they did, that the, the world changed. The world it, it changed, allowed your and joke the, to flourish. Yeah, and then the joke worked. There are, there are audiences back in Boston where I started, and, and certain sections of the of the state. And I would do much better with the audience if I did my jokes for my first four or five years of comedy. They were shorter, they were faster, and they were, they were broader. And the stuff I do now it requires a little bit of an attention span, and so I, I wouldn't do as well if I, if I did them. So I, I, th- I think that's, that's a difference in, in, in crowds, is just w- what, you would, what you would use to, get, to win them over. I have a question for you, Gary. Since moving out here, I mean, I lived in L.A. for 10 years. We would get longer sets out there. And out here, it's wait. Everything's real quick. Five yeah. minutes, you're lucky to get five, seven, eight, whatever. We're, you're long form. I feel like I'm longer form, and I'm trying to find all my shortest jokes to really relate out here. But what are you, do you struggle with that at all, trying to narrow um, it down to the first five to seven? Yeah, a, l- a little bit. A lot of times I have to do abridged versions of, of these things. But, it, yeah. but, but a, a lot of them you can work, I worked on in, in pieces over the years, so there, there are shorter, shorter versions of them. So It's yeah. painful for me when you abridge them. <laughs> no, because really they, they, right. they, they do lose something when you abridge them. I because agree. They're, they're delicious when they're that, the, the full length because part of what part of the funny is the length. So, so what else? Well, we are in the middle of construction right now, and we did yeah. talk about this last week. Noam wasn't here last week. He was, it had some family issues that are none of my business. They're putting in a new kitchen, and uh, 
there will be new food items on the menu, and I think that's glorious news to those of us who have been uh, under the boot, under the tyranny of kebabs <laughs> for, for low these 20 years. And, 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 and now it's time for the people have been pushed far, uh, as far as they will be pushed. <laughs> and, and the time is nigh to say no more. <laughs> I, I, yeah, we, we are expanding. Can I, ask, can I say one more thing about the, the previous thing? I want to ask you guys all a question. What does this have to do with kebabs? <laughs> uh, well, it, it, it has to do with selling kebabs. All right. Um, you know, you've been to, ever been to a concert where the, you were excited to see the concert and the guy just did a half-assed job yeah. and you were annoyed, right? Kid Rock, I hated it. Uh, yeah. I seldom see comedians, and I wonder how you really feel about it, acknowledge their obligation to give the audience a good time Acknowledge our obligation. I live and die by that obligation. Yeah, I was going to say, that's think my I'm number fucking, one priority. Why the fuck do you think I'm... If you, if you watched me every night, you see me tinkering with jokes, trying to get it right. Uh, the no, same, I think that's about you. No, it's about me trying to kill. Whether it's for my personal pleasure or the audience, it doesn't matter because the result is the same. I want to kill. So whether it's because I want to kill for me or whether it's because I want to kill for them, the end result is okay. killing. But some comedians, most comedians at some point, I see them go up there if the crowd doesn't respond and they get visibly kind of annoyed or they just kind of chuck the rest I of the set. I saw a couple guys do that the other night. And, and, I, and, I, and I see that and it makes me furious. Me too. But at, 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 at the core, it makes me feel like, like have some respect for the you, – because you, you could have. You know you were talented. You know you're a pro. You could have given them something, you know, and you didn't feel it was necessary. These people look forward. Sometimes they make reservations three weeks in advance. They're not rich. They spend their money. You know, all right, it's not going. Just make I, them I'm laugh. Not, you know? I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing what you're describing here. I have seen it. I I feel like you should respect the stage and the history of the club too, because. I mean, it's exciting for me to even be here and then seeing some guys that I know have been playing here for years and I watched a couple guys go up the other night and you, they did not give two shits that they were bombing. And that I was, was here? Just, yeah, and I was just who, like... Who was that? I don't no, know. Yes, you know. <laughs> I don't remember who it was, but I was just I'll like, let what it are you out. Go doing? Um, <laughs> and I'm it really well, bummed me out because no, I know they're funny. Very, it's very disturbing. I'm not seeing that, but Rob says he's seeing it. I, I'm seeing... I don't see people... But you, how often do you go down and watch well, that? Like, yeah. every time I've been here, I just watch every... Because I like to... Not as much as I you, enjoy watching I, the I'm guys. Not, uh, I'm just not seeing it when, when I do watch. You know, and The audience are usually good enough that it doesn't come to that because... Uh, the, the audience is usually good enough that you wouldn't have that reaction. But. And, and, and some people don't have the psychology for that. I mean, uh, like, like, I don't, I, like, you remember Elon, the musician? Like, I know one guy I used to work with. You could take any video clip. I worked for him like 20 years. You could take any video clip of any song ever in those 20 years, and you could not catch him not being, you know, 100%. Yeah. I mean, amazing, wow. amazing. Wow. Literally, you could not catch him. And other people, it's very clear. They're into it. They're not into it. They're good mood. And they even if they know they should, they just suffer. Like, like not everybody can be Artie Fuqua. Like, you know, <laughs> Artie's that guy. You could not yeah. find three minutes of video totally. of Artie in the entire 20 years we've known him where he's not, like, 100%, right? right. You can't find that. Yeah, it's true. That's True. a mental illness, too, in a way, I guess. Right. No, I admire I feel, that so much. I feel like I'm like that. I get migraines on stage a lot, and I still am like, ooh, happy-go-lucky, hyper I, guy up there. I will, I will say that no matter how rough a day I've had as far as my mood goes, the 15, 20 or hour or whenever I'm on stage, I'm, I'm present, and I feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, which is, a, which is a great feeling to know what you should be doing. I shouldn't be doing my taxes. I shouldn't be... Mm -hmm. 
um, exercising, I shouldn't be walking my dogs, I should be doing this. And, and so rarely, other than when we eat, we're not convinced that this is what we should be doing. And I, and I, I feel very lucky that I have that every day if I choose. And you are lucky. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I don't know. I, 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 for some reason, I always thought the word is fortunate, not lucky. And then I looked it up. They're supposed to mean the same thing. But I think that lucky kind of could imply that it could have happened to anybody. Yeah. But no, you, you have this tr terrific talent. Well, thank you. And you're, the, the, the luck, as it were, is just that you live in a time and place where you can, where, where you can. Yeah. Where there's a job for that talent, right? right? There's you also, the, but it's not yeah, lucky the, in the sense that, you right? Know. But we're we're very well. He's lucky to have the talent. Fortunate also yeah, to have the, to be born the, with that the outlet and the, and the, the place to do it. Yeah. And uh, who else is very lucky and fortunate? And has no idea that they're lucky and fortunate. Dan. Dan Natterman. <laughs> no, I think Dan Natterman no, recognizes I recognize that. Just, chemistry, man. Awesome. I, I recognize uh, that they have many. Th well, I'm fortunate in certain ways and unfortunate in, in other ways. But you know, I recognize. He's, he's stricken with this illness that... Uh, wait, wait, now, can we get... Brief you just want to be much higher than where you're at. That's what... I'm, which I think all of us feel that way would about no our happier. own careers. You well, don't think you'd still be uh, happy? Uh, I, I no, it's, it's a cliche of the, of the people who have all kinds of success and are, are still unhappy. So I, I can't imagine that, that, that that's the answer. We, we think uh, it would be. Well, <laughs> I have some very specific issues with regard to, you know, uh, my parents being proud of me and... Uh, I mean, that's getting, you know, a little deep and Freudian. And not, well, I did want to hear Gary's thoughts on the new menu. Oh, okay, Gary's thoughts on the new menu, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, and whether or not this, you, you see this as a, as a deliverance from, from tyranny. <laughs> it, it, it is partially, but it's also a, adjusting our, our routine and our, our location is, is off and it and it uh, thank you. What's going to be the new comics table? Oh no, the, now? the table's coming back right there. Oh okay, okay. It's just there's just a temporary wall they were oh. building behind it, and then the table. Right, there's oh, going to be a okay. temporary, uh, temporary perturbation. Ah, oh. but yeah. uh, but I, I think the long term this will be great for everybody. Not only will it be great for the comics, uh, because we get new food items. I suspect that Noam, he doesn't need it. But I do think this will be exceedingly good for his bottom line because this is the, the, the uh, all these drunk motherfuckers, this is, this is McDougal <laughs> Street, who's rolled out of these bars at four in the morning, these drunk dudes. And, the, and uh, we'll still get 50% off these new menu items, right? <laughs> Not so fast, Goldman. <laughs> That's actually a good question because, you know, forget about 50%. There's, a, there's like these, there's this one group of old comedians that, you know, that, are, that don't pay anything, right? Oh. And that's fine when it's hummus and, and uh, you know. Right. Uh, but what happens when it's steak? When it's salmon. Steak and salmon. Yeah, what, what am I going to do, Dan? Well, that's for you to figure out. <laughs> uh, uh, i got to go I, do a set, so so right. thank you very much for having me on. It's always a pleasure, and, I, and um, you guys really made me forget about myself for an hour. <laughs> oh, thank you, Gary. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're awesome, thank man. You. Uh, yeah, so I, no, I'm kidding. I, I don't know what to do about the... the well, are the, these going to be high, really high-end items? I mean, a steak is not necessarily a high-end item. You go to a diner, you get a steak and eggs for 15 no, no, no. bucks. If we're, not, if we're not going to have... We, first of all, we don't have anything low-end now, and... But you know, high end well, hummus is high end hummus. But, but uh, I say no, low if, end. But these are you know. If fit. we have steak, it's going to be steakhouse quality steak. The food here is for every budget. And let's you know, this is not. Uh, but, uh, but nobody wants a budget steak. I, nobody wants a budget <laughs> steak. I, I won't even order a steak if it's like less than thirty dollars. I just assume it so can't be any good. So the steaks here going to be thirty dollars steaks? Uh, or more? I, I mean, I don't. I know. had a wonderful wow. steak at Applebee's in Denver recently. Now maybe I just have maybe I'm just a Neanderthal with no taste and no class. But I damn well enjoyed that that Applebee's 
twenty dollars. You could probably day. judge the crowd's reaction to Gary Goldman's state abbreviation material by how they like a steak at Applebee's. Jen. I think that uh, it, you should not be liking a steak at Applebee's. It's not- I'm a man of simple taste. That's why the people love me because I really can relate to them. <laughs> I'm on, you know, but I, I like on the road. I do like Applebee's and all these shitty places. I'm a big Chili's fan. not supposed to like, but yet yeah. somehow I do really enjoy Maybe it's a guilty pleasure. Look, a Big Mac sometimes is just what you need. A Big Mac has is a is a. I agree. A Big Mac is good, but a, a second rate steak to me is never good. I worked at McDonald's for four years in high school and never once had a Big Mac. I really? never once. I don't. I don't like that this sauce is, they put on it. This is what, in the Midwest. You're from the Midwest. This is, what you, this is what you get when you go to McDonald's in the Midwest. You get white people. You, you don't <laughs> yeah. get. We got people. That I was like, actually, I won three national awards when I worked at McDonald's. I won Mr. McSmile, Mr. McOpener, and I won Mr. McService, and I got to do a real commercial. And everything. that is amazing. <laughs> do, you, do you talk about that on stage? <laughs> I did when I started. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you do you believe you know just as a businessman? I wonder. Do you? He didn't win Mr. Mc, Mc, McSpit in the food. <laughs> nope. I love that job. There's there's this. Uh, uh, is it a trope? Is that what you call it? That, of that, um, you know, that employers are supposed to motivate employees. Oh, they need to pay them more, whatever it is. And, it, and it's been my experience that employees come with their motivation. You, can't, you cannot take a dour, sour employee and, and pay them more, give them a treat, talk, and make them into a good employee. You can take a, a really good employee and, and a, treat them so badly that they just say, fuck this, and they lose it. But in general, yeah. if you want Mr. McSmile, and Mr. that's just you, right? They, yeah. didn't, they didn't treat you a particular way to make you that way. No, I don't think so. It wasn't I, like you're me. part of the team. Oh, really? Okay, I'll smile. That's, <laughs> right. just, that's just who you are. You smile. Yeah. Yeah, I agree that's with me. that. I, I, I feel I was very motivated in every job except for my last one. I have a computer science degree, and my last job was with IBM, and I wanted to do comedy full-time at that point, so I I sent out a company-wide email telling people they should quit their jobs and follow their dreams, and I'm going off to be a comedian, here's my website, and I just sent it off, and it literally went to, like, Africa, Europe, That's North- awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. We really want everyone to follow their dreams, then nothing would get done. <laughs> you fucking no accountants. What do I know? I'm leaving a job I hated. We well, wrap it up. We're making- I'm thankful for people that are sticking with their shitty jobs, because we need those people. All right, well, thank you very much. Thanks you, for you want, having me. Do you me, want man. to give your, uh, your Twitter and... Yeah, RobLittle.com, uh, RobLittleComic, um, all that. Rob Little, just on all of them, social medias. And uh, at Dan yeah. Natterman. Yeah, nobody got here. Yeah, whatever. No, then, no one's uh, following. They're going to be airing the True TV documentary about the Comedy Cellar soon. I, I've seen it. That's Dan awesome. has a big part in it. So we'll, we, if it's, as soon as that's how we can talk I'm about sure that. I'm sure that's got to be good for three or four Twitter followers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I got a few weeks coming up in Richmond, uh, Denver, and Omaha. Okay. Yep. Want to say Make sure to see the Confederate White House and Museum. It's a must stopover at in Richmond, Virginia. I probably will. Thanks. Good night, everybody. Thank you.